Good day to you. Welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast. Hope you're having a wonderful day. I am driving along in the rain, so I apologize now for the background noise. You're just going to have to bear with me. I'm going to get right to it this morning. Abba, Father. Abba. A name, a title, a place, a role, a function, a familial position, Abba. I've just been continually quiet over the last several days. Man, I think I've surpassed a week now of just feeling quiet in my spirit. Just feeling just kind (laughs) of steady and slow and quiet. My wife last night was a little bit concerned. We had a conversation about that and she's like Joel I just get I just don't know what to do when you're so quiet I don't know are you okay I know you're fine but like are are is everything okay <laughs> she gets nervous when I'm not talking all the time and so that's just where I've been for the last 10 days or so now just kind of quiet just meditating on some things in my heart And for the last several days specifically, I've just been thinking on how I address my father, Yahweh. And I've just been deliberately in my communing with him, in my dialogue with the eternal creator of just deliberately referencing him again in conversation as Abba feels a little weird perhaps irreverent for issues in my own thinking that I just have off I think part of it is pretty much within I was thinking on this just moments ago I think a lot of it is is within just gathering different memories of of how I've heard people talk about Abba, Father. And I know a lot of these things are, are, I don't know, personality differences. But you know, it's often in in my mind, in my memory, when I I hear Abba, excuse me, Abba, I just think of people I've heard say, yeah, I just want to crawl up in my daddy's lap. Speaking of, of course, God. I want to crawl up in Abba's lap. My daddy. (laughs) And you know, it's just... I don't know. That's just not necessarily how I think. Now, I've had those experiences, of course. I've had plenty of moments in my life where I've metaphorically done that but I'm generally not that's generally just not how I think 
of like crawling up in my Abba Daddy's lap. But I've been, I've been trying to examine my heart's posture towards why I might have issues with Abba specifically. Like, what is it in me that maybe is just needs tweaked a little bit? Am I strange to think about these things so much? I don't know. Perhaps. Everyone's different. But I just ask myself, like, God, would you teach me? In my head, I just think throughout the day, hoping God would just teach me this Abba understanding. The perfect Father. And as I was praying earlier today, I was just thankful that I'm just thankful that Yahweh is the perfect father. I'm thankful that he allowed me the blessing to become a father. And as I was praying through that and just thanking him for even that opportunity to be a dad, to be a daddy, I realized in that moment that a lot of what has been righted and what I would call now has given me a a proper understanding of God the Father because I've been a father. If you listen to this program at all, you know I've, I've referenced often how I just grew up, I grew up with a real skewed view of God. I was, I was not a good, I was great on the outside as a child, as a as a young adult I was mature I was clean cut I knew what to say I knew how to act I knew how to behave I knew how to fool people manipulate I could convince anyone that I was a good Christian kid, a good Christian teen. I was very good at it. But on the inside, I knew my condition. Isn't this the case, of course, for for all of us? I knew my condition. I knew I was not pleasing to God the Father. And so I always had this skewed view of, of just always being a disappointment to Him. Always being a failure. I knew, man, I knew my whole life that there was just something on my life. I, I you know, people say I, I, wouldn't, I was called to ministry. You know, I, we're all called to ministry. <laughs> when I was at the age of 11, I was called to the ministry. Listen, we're called to the ministry by being humans. <laughs> we're all called to the ministry, all of us. We're called to be regenerated Christ men who perpetuate the kingdom on the earth and the government of God. We're all called to ministry. So amen for any of us who woke up to that, gave ourselves to it, and actually pursued it by God's goodness and and kindness and, and compassion towards us. 
But specifically, I just always knew the Holy Spirit's conviction was always heavy on my life. Even at my worst. I mean, years of flat-out rebellion, ridiculous behavior, foolishness. But I always knew I couldn't shake the conviction of the Holy Spirit in my life. I know this isn't for me. I know this isn't how I'm supposed to live. I know this isn't pleasing to God. But it always pushed me away and created more division because I didn't understand the perfect heart of the perfect Father. And so I say all that to say, like, I realized this morning in a different way, in a different measure perhaps, of how much my, my view of Yahweh God as Father has changed since I've been a father for going on almost nine years now. Like, oh man, I, I understand differently than I ever used to. Because as anyone who has been a parent for very long, especially if you made it through the toddler phase, you know the experience of your child just being an absolute disappointment to you. I can't believe you're acting this way. I can't believe you did that again. I can't believe you said that. I can't believe, you know, how many times have we all said that, if not out loud, in our imagination. Disappointment. Confusion over like, why in the world are you acting this way? (laughs) What's wrong with you? And just that frustration of being a parent. Even anger. You know, when my son is just, whatever we want to use as an example, there are many. Whether he speaks hurtful to his mother. And I just, man, I can't believe it. We may have just talked about that two hours previous and he's doing it again as if we never even discussed it. And just that burning in my heart of like, I can't believe you're acting this way, son. Anger. Disappointment. But in that moment, what I've learned, of course, as every parent has... My love for that child changes none. It changes not, not in any measure, in any way. My disappointment, even my anger with my son, of course, doesn't affect negatively my immeasurable love for that boy. I just want to hold him. I just want to hug him. I want to train him and teach him counsel him? Why? He's part of me. He's part of me. His dwelling place is is like the seat of my emotions, my heart, my innermost place is intimately interwoven with him. I love that boy to no end. We could use Spouses as, a, as an equal metaphor. But since we're talking about fathers specifically, the father-child dynamic. Like nothing could ever, ever, ever that he would ever do deliberately or accidentally or 
for any purpose in any way at all change my immeasurable love for him. And I just found myself this morning kind of updating my thoughts towards that truth of am I walking now at this stage of my journey, at this stage of my walk, in a place of maturity that's just equally matched with my present understanding of my Abba Father. And I think that's what's buried within this, is the Abba reality. Just the intimacy with my Father. Believing wholeheartedly every single time I boldly come to His throne through the Mediator Messiah from His grace and His mercy, His enduring love. We just talked about our first love reality a week ago. Going back to that place where I constantly walk in an, in an awareness in, in a remembrance of, oh my gosh, the God of the universe pursued me and revealed himself to me. Incredible. A father towards a son. And you know, it struck me this morning as well as I was thinking about this. About, now this is kind of mysterious, right? <laughs> but just to kind of stay in this vein of thought for a few more minutes. In Isaiah chapter 9, it's, it's, talking about, it's talking about Yeshua. It's talking about this Messiah King. Starts out with, for unto us a child is born, and what? A son is given. Talks about government being actually resting upon him. His name's going to be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, and mysteriously... He, the child, one of his names will be Everlasting Father. And it, and it finishes out with the Prince of Peace. But I just think that's very interesting that from my limited understanding of the Hebrew understanding of, of this Everlasting Father in Isaiah chapter 9 basically means that he's the Father of Eternity. He's the creator of all things. <laughs> the father of time, the father of eternity. One commentary I read said the, the architect of the ages. We know the New Testament mirrors the Isaiah prophecy. The everlasting father. Creator holder, keeper of all things. All things originated in Him. Forever. But this Abba reality that I'm a son. And you know what? The, the, the Father will never turn away the Son. And see, here's the thing. We know the Scriptures about He's the perfect Father. And like, even if we who are natural fathers do all these things for our natural children, 
how much greater the perfect, flawless father is towards his children. Perfection. So in other words, I lose my cool with my son. I get impatient. I raise my voice. I don't respond correctly. I have flaws. I fail him. I disappoint him. If you listen to the episode of, I don't know, a week or so ago about my confession, you know what? This father, me, flesh and blow, flesh and flesh and blood dad, you know what? He lies sometimes, son. I'm flawed. I need a Messiah. I need a rescuer. I need a savior just like you, son. I have error in me. I will fail him. I will act out of emotion. But see, here's the awesome thing, right? Our Abba Father will never do that. He's perfect. He's incapable of making a parental error. (laughs) He can't. He loves perfect. He corrects perfect. All things he does are perfectly executed. Everything. And friends, there's just something about that that just brings me comfort. You know what? It's interesting. And as I say that, this very moment, it reminds me of the teaching I did probably a month or so ago about David. Um, And after David had sinned and he was caught in his error and his ways... And he was given the options from the prophet. He was given the options of like when the pestilence came. So wow, that that teaching was weeks ago. I bet it was a month ago. I don't know what I said, but it's been a little while now. It was the four or five part pestilence study. And so basically through the mouth of the prophet, the Lord gives David the options of judgment. The perfect father, perfect judgment, and just in summary, if you haven't heard it or if you don't know the story, David basically chooses the option where only Yahweh God, the father, is the one who brings about the judgment. It won't come through his enemies. It won't come through neighboring territories. It won't come through man. It comes through and by the Father. Brought to David and brought to Israel by God's own hand. So, David knew that there was some sort of comfort in that. And as I said then in that teaching, it would be swift. It would be hard. But, it would be perfect. Well, why is that? Because David knew that if it came directly from Father God, if it came directly from Yahweh, it would be right. It would be perfect. It would be perfect, righteous, deserved judgment in the exact measure that the perfect Father deemed necessary. And friends, that's the same comfort for us, right? There's comfort in that for me. 
from my perfect father. He will never bring me more correction and admonition than what is necessary for me. It's for my good. I mean, any of us who have walked with the Father for any amount of time at all, we know His ways are right. His ways are perfect. His judgments are without flaw. His correction is for my good. I need correction. I need the rod and the staff of my shepherd. And so may that encourage you today, friends, in, in, a, in a weird way of whatever season of life you're in, rebellion, obedience, hopefully you're not hot and cold back and forth. We know what the scripture tells us about that and God's vantage point of such a thing. Don't let that be you. Posture yourself. Avail yourself. I'm just having this image in my mind, in my imagination, of just freely presenting ourselves to the perfect Abba Father, unafraid. Unafraid. Unafraid in the sense of, oh no, somewhere in my thinking there's an unrighteous judgment coming to me. There's a What if it's too much? What if it's too hard? What if it's too great? We know that we're promised all these things, right? That it will not be more than we can bear. Nothing will come to us more than what we can bear. In Messiah, empowered by the Spirit, not just in our own strength. That's not what the promise is speaking to. If we are fully walking in the scriptural promises that we know, and that we're learning and that we're adding to our lives, and thereby living accordingly, these things begin to line up and make sense. And we rightly see Abba Father as the perfect, loving, compassionate Father God that He is. I don't know Him perfectly, and friend, you don't either. If you've been a mature son for 40 years you know a few facets of the immeasurable Father God. He cannot be known. (laughs) He can't be known. He can't be fathomed. We will know facets of who He is. I believe it will take us all of eternity to even... This is the way I've said this, and then we'll bring this to an end. I just like talking about these things. In my imagination, I see the eternal God that is spirit as like innumerable facets to himself. And for a thousand years, he turns one degree and reveals a new part of his glory that that no eye has seen. He unveils a component of himself, a mere facet of himself. And for the next thousand years, we stand in awe of that one facet that we behold. I believe he's that immense, friends. I believe he is. But let's know him in the ways that we can. 
in the here and now. He could have told us, he could have revealed himself in any way, as any type. But he chose to be a father. We have to give ourselves to that understanding and ask some questions as we go about our days. Oh, great God, teach me, why Why do you want to be known as a father? Why are you a father? What are your attributes as a father? What's the uniqueness of the Abba father reality? I want to know you. I want to see you. I want to behold your glory. As you are now, not as I prefer, not as a wish list father, but with a heart yielded in obedience to responding rightly as an obedient son to whatever it is I see when I approach you. Receiving correction, receiving all the functions of a father, not just the care, not just the blessing, not just the favor, not just protection and provision, but the full gamut of of fatherly attributes. I need them all. Friend, you need them all. May the Lord correct us and may He absolutely correct His body if we're seeking the fatherly attributes of gifts and good things, good by our definition. And not equally, if more so, giving ourselves to the correction of the Father. We need all that He is. So today, let's seek the Father. Let's seek the Eternal Father. I believe He's wanting to be known. I believe He's longing to reveal Himself through anyone who would come and say, You know what? I am a son. You are the Father. Speak to me, Father. I love you. I need you. I'm dependent upon you. I need your correction. Every good thing comes from you. May that be the posture of our hearts today. Amen.